Welcome to Heroes of the Hydean Way. This week is our run-up to Mask of the Pirate Queen. Expect to hear crafting and crossovers, introductions, and even a tease of what is to come. Today, we embark on a journey to Cinnabelle for a very special crossover. There is nothing wrong with your podcast. Do not attempt to adjust the stream. We are controlling the transmission. If we wish to make it louder, we will bring up the volume. If we wish to make it softer, we will tune it to a whisper. We control the static. We will control the hum. For the next episode, sit quietly, and we will control all that you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your podcast. You're about to participate in a great adventure. You're about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer rim. A joint production of Heroes of the Hydean Way and Force Majeure podcast. So this is a crossover episode between Hydean Heroes and the Force Majeure podcast. I'm Ben, and I'm GMing this adventure from the Hydean Way end of the galaxy. This Gan's name is Cav. Cav is a technician, bounty hunter, and the first mate of The Sky is on Fire. Cav is played by the human Christine. Christine is a player on the podcast Heroes of the Hydean Way. Billy is played by Leslie, who is also known for participating in hijinks on the Hydean Way. Is that a different podcast? I would be willing to say it is a more accurate observation. My name is Tychus Barr. I'm a basilisk, weapons designer, droid modder, and purveyor of the finest weaponry that your little hut can imagine and that your wallet can afford. Cav can imagine quite a bit. Cav can't afford very much, though. Tychus is played by Adam from the Force Majeure podcast. And we're looking forward to seeing if we can't share a little bit of that love with our colleagues from across the other side of the galaxy. Hi, I'm Roy. I'm a B1 battle droid, as you can see. I mean, I'm a little bit of a special B1 battle droid. You know what I mean. Uh, 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 I'm, I'm working with Barr. I'm a bodyguard. I'm a hired gun. And I'm from the Force Majeure podcast. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. And I'm here with Barr. Barr's my best buddy. My brother from another motherboard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw. Oh, I'm played by Mim, by the way. That's <laughs> good to know! <laughs> so, landing outside Tychus's establishment, there is a small courier transport. It's one of these... Oh, what are they? Sky Ranger, I think they're called? It's designed for speed and for people. As it comes in for a landing... There's a green Rodian that turns around as the fighter-style cockpit opens. It just sort of opens in the middle where the front opens forward and the back opens towards the back. And then there's just four ladders going down. The back seat's empty. You've got this hulking and resplendent droid in the third seat. You've got this Gand with a flight helmet on and aviator shades. You have a green Rodian in the front, who turns around to the Gand in the middle. It's like, see, that's how you're supposed to get here. I mean, 
we went through the asteroid field and we didn't hit anything. You did a wonderful job, Vrebo. Cav saw. Cav could have done a better job, but... Cav, let us not be churlish. Cav brought Cav's helmet and everything. Cav was hoping to fly. You've seen how we got here. On the way back, it's all Cav. Really? Are there more securing devices in the back? Just for safety. I think so. Excellent. I shall prepare accordingly. Oh, Cav. Cav can't wait. Billy can. Cav goes ahead and, like, scrambles out of the, the seat, probably, like, over top of Billy, to go ahead and get down. K1's lingering a bit, and K1 looks at Rebo and says, You know, Cav didn't pay attention to anything you did, right? Cav was busy sulking. Okay. Perhaps there's a speed limiter we can apply. Billy will follow. Are you guys standing there with a big sign that says our name on it? I'm thinking as we're getting out of the uh, the Sky Ranger, maybe this is a good time to, to describe a little bit more kind of what we see as as like Cavs throwing the, the helmet back into the back into the speeder. We see a like five foot nothing short kind of round gand. Like this Gand probably enjoys a few too many biscuits. Still wearing the sunglasses, that hasn't changed. Wearing a very like brightly colored sort of floral shirt. K1, who floats down behind Cav, is a sort of like ball-shaped little uh, little droid that every time Cav is speaking, we are actually hearing K1 speak as Cav's translator. Cav's is communicating in like clicks and buzzes. Billy, who follows, climbs down the ladder, and then as she steps out from underneath the ship, kind of uncurls upward. She straightens up to a good six foot five or so. She's rather taller than her companion, and she is fully a royal blue with gold trim, wearing a beautiful coat with a little gold flower on the one lapel. She has long, long arms and kind of stumpy legs. I imagine that Bar has sent Roy to come and get you but he's not holding a sign or anything he's just looking for people who look like they need guns (laughs) yep just loitering and pointing at people he sort of twigs you and a couple of droids he's just accosting people (laughs) you want a gun try barrels blasters i'm just doing my usual advertising but he's been told what to look for and as soon as he sees a couple of gants he's like oh Whoa! Whoa! He's waving his hands and sort of jumping up and down. Either that droid is malfunctioning, or that is Roy. Did you not gather a physical description of those we were wishing to contact before we departed? No! Cav? Yes? Hey, Cav is waving back at Roy now. We've discussed planning ahead accordingly before. Cav did plan ahead. Cav brought all of Cav's tools, and Cav has brought drawings of what Cav's new blaster will look like. Cavs ready. Is that why you borrowed the crayons? Look, color is very important in a weapon, Billy. I believe you. Perhaps we should go speak with this droid rather than flailing across the distance. She will walk towards Roy. Yeah, so Roy's like, hold, hold. This little short work to the workshop. Uh, keep your hands and legs with you at all times. Watch out for the pickpocketers. They're fantastically cute this time of year. Um, follow me. And turns and leaves. Doesn't even check if you're following. Cav will go ahead and follow. Is Rebo following along, or is Rebo staying with the speeder? I think Rebo would be following along. Puts a sucker print lockdown on the ship, and then follows along. 
Because Freebo doesn't want to sit around and do nothing. He'll at least come along to just, like, watch. Maybe play some sabak with Billy. Roy is a red and cream B1 battle droid. He's got slightly chunkier arms and legs than you'd expect, and quite a cheery demeanour. You can tell that he spent a long time trying to mimic humanoid and biological walk. So his hip kind of pops occasionally as he walks and his arms sway in a cool guy kind of way. He's got a fantastic red mohawk and a small, what looks like just a, a piece of metal sticking at the end of his trunk kind of face traditional B1 battle droid look. It, it looks like a tongue and it's painted bright red. You get the impression that all of him is a little rounder, a little more friendly than they normally look. Someone's put a lot of time into making this look less like a machine and more like a toy or a model of the machine. And uh, He's just jauntily heading on down the road, occasionally checks over. Yeah, yeah they're following. That's okay. Yeah, if Roy looks back, Cav is definitely like looking Roy up and down, sort of taking in these different modifications and personalizations. Roy's not looking at anyone in particular, but he's he's noticed a large, tall blue droid with a flower, and uh, he's just playing it cool. You might, you know, his head whips back a little. Yeah, he's got a little more slouch. He's going a bit more fonzy. As he continues walking, he points to a couple of random people in the street to make it look like he knows people. Just like, yo, Dabo, yo. Oh, hey, Stevie, see you later, man. And he finally leads you up to uh, the door of a big workshop with the, the name above it and a picture of a, a happy alien with his thumb up in a sort of buddy, hey, with bars blasters all across the door. Your bar! Your bar! Got your buddies. You want me to go get some milk and cookies from mom? Little pizza? Mini pizzas? You, you like mini pizzas, maybe? Yes, Cal does. Cool, cool. And he just uh, wanders off to go and get some stuff. And it turns, turns to the droid and you're... Other thing for you guys? I am well, but thank you. Cool. I will be okay, K1 says on her own. Yeah, good for you. This is an interesting place, she adds. What's the best place in the world? New goes off to get drinks. So, Keen the Bale itself read yes, which is the city that you've, you've flown into. It's an odd kind of colour-shifted place in that it's surrounded by a desert of blue sand and everything is very it's white buildings that have then been stained by this constant blue sand so it's got a, a kind of a, a, a washed out kind of blue shifted look to it Bars Bespoke Blasters is a big kind of two story building that unlike most other buildings which appear to be made of like fired clay and stone and baked sand it looks like it's been built from starship parts it's quite reinforced walls and ceiling the doors themselves have come from the inside of a spaceship those kind of almost air locking doors and inside the workshop as you kind of step into the the shop following roy on the right hand and left hand walls there are brightly backlit they are painted white and are kept whitewashed and there's racks of weapons ranging from little tiny holdout blasters all the way up to two-person portable 
heavy gunnery e-web blasters. There's also an amount of solid projectile weapons, but not that many, certainly not compared to the blaster weaponry that are here. The back of the main kind of sales floor has a big old counter that's quite scarred. Again, a set of doors behind it. There are boxes and like, um, oh, what's the word? Like boxes and containers of crates. Yeah, crates. 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 Boxes of parts. There is a selection of pistol grips and triggers. There's a huge kind of see-through bucket that looks like it's a variety of small screws in there. And kind of leaning on the counter um, is a basilisk. He's fairly youngish, maybe late teens, beginning to early twenties and he's not yet grown into the wide, stocky frame that most bestlers have. He's still quite rangy. He's wearing very kind of greasy overalls with big, bulging pockets. You can see wires sticking out from one and what looks like the handle of a spanner or something sticking out from something else. His lower arms are crossed on the counter. His upper right arm is scratching the back of his head and his upper left arm is holding a data slate in front of his face. And as you come in and Roy goes back, he uh, puts the data slate down, opens all his arms. Glad to see you could make it. Welcome to Bars Bespoke Blasters. Now, now obviously, Carve, we've spoken via holo message. Who are your companions? Cav will go ahead and and turn and sort of like gesture to Billy to like introduce herself. Go on. I don't have to be told to introduce myself. My name is Billy. I am traveling with Cav for this trip. She does a little half bow with her, you know, one hand tucked in. Roy walks in just as uh, he catches her bowing. Will I really do that, huh? As you will. That is your decision. Billy is acting as Cav and Rebo's bodyguard. Not that Cav needs it. Billy nods above Cav like Cav needs it. <laughs> well, if you did need it before you came here, by the time we're through building you something proper, you certainly won't. No offense, Billy, I'm not trying to put you out of a job or anything, but we do good stuff here. Yeah. We make good stuff. Cav's mandibles spread in a horrifying smile. Tychus flinches very, very slightly <laughs> and then kind of grins back in response. Roy goes, Wow. <laughs> and who's the wee man? Tychus waves his upper right arm towards Vrebo. Oh, I'm... I'm Vrebo. I'm the pilot. Cav... Berwin said that Kev can't go out on their own piloting anymore. Something about running into an asteroid. Kev can't roll Kev's eyes, but Kev is doing a pretty good impression of it, nonetheless. <laughs> does does K1 have a little set of boogly eyes that pop out, roll up, then pop back in? Uh, K K1. It totally. <laughs> no, no, not quite. K1 just has the one large photoceptor. <laughs> And and I I don't I don't think she will roll her her eye for for Cav's sake. <laughs> yeah, I'm really expecting the eye rolling to be entirely on Cav. K1's kind of sympathetic. K1 is probably more like kind of like she can't really shake her head because she's mostly just a head back and forth. So she kind of just like rotates her body a bit and kind of gives a, the impression of shaking her head and like this is what she has to deal with. Ooh, blaster pistols. A collection of mini pizzas and uh, juice boxes have appeared. Oh, juice boxes. Try the bava fruit. It's particularly good. Mm. Thank you. Tiger's kind of grabs one uh, one from Roy. His, uh, his lower left arm punches a straw into it, holds it up to his mouth, and the straw kind of pokes in the corner of his mouth, and he slurps while he's talking. Oh, this is an acquired skill. So, um, 
what are we looking at? What are we looking at first then? Do we wanna do we wanna go and poke around in a droid brain, or do we wanna make you a gun? Cab thought the place to start would be with Tychus's K two T two. Cab is concerned about that droid's memory banks. I I mean the the hack job they did on that poor poor scamp. When we found them out in the desert, there wasn't a great deal I could do. My slicer gear is all right, but. Fixing droids isn't really my area of expertise, and I've done what I can for them, but well, that's one of the reasons why I contacted you back. This is... it ain't what I do, and it's, it's way beyond my skill. You know, I can put together a pit droid, and um, he slaps a pocket, and from inside the pocket there's a little tweedling noise. A pit droid starts to expand out, and then Tigers bops it again, and it goes back in. Not now. Give me it, Malia. But this is just... it ain't my field. They're busted up pretty bad. Hey, that they are. Roy, do you want to keep an eye on the shop floor? I'll, I'll go and get them out the back. Dup, 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 dup. And Tychus goes through the back door. Roy leans on the table casually and then desperately tries to think of something cool to say and just goes, So, yeah, come here, Alpha? This is, in fact, my first venturing to Kinabel. Cool. Did I say that correctly? Uh, depends where you're from. Uh, depends how much money you got. Uh, to how you pronounce it, really. It's uh, Kinabel for some of them, Cinnabel for some of them, uh, Cinnabel if you really want to get hurt in a bar fight. Because that means you ain't from around here. I... I shall maintain my current pronunciation. Thank you for the wisdom. That's a nice pronunciation. Thank you. Sure. You seem to know plenty of people. Always love. Always love. Me, me and Bar, we're, 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 like, we're like that. He can't really cross his fingers, so he kind of crosses his arms. I was like, well, Bart Bar- Bar- pretty well known around town. He's he the best, and uh, yeah, uh, I'm his best friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, well, that is good for you. You got a best friend? I do. He is currently traveling elsewhere. Oh, friends are good. Yep, yep. Billy's gonna kind of wander and look at the equipment now, absently straightening things. It's all right. I'll unstraighten them all later. <laughs> 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 Tychus then walks out the back leading a... Ooh, I can't remember what K2TT looks like. Ah, she, she's kind of spiky and battered, and she's got a, a random arm put on her from a protocol droid, but she's a she's an imperial droid. One of those shiny black ones, because she's a Garth chick. If, indeed, it, it wants to be a she when it gets its own personality back. I was just hopeful. I also know K2 is about seven feet tall. <laughs> it was mentioned in the original description. Making K2 the tallest person here. <laughs> is this K2 like K2SO? Yeah. Okay. Th- that's like the base model, but this has been heavily modified and messed up since then. Yeah, and it has a little kind of stubby red protocol droid arm on its left arm. So its right arm is nice and long and, and meaty. It's got this tiny little thing just hanging loosely by its side. It walks in very kind of jerkily and twitching. Tychus uh, ushers them to sit on the counter, essentially. Tychus? What happened to this droid? No idea. We found it like this. So a ship crashed a wee bit ago, jettisoning cargo, and um, we found this poor scamp in one of the cargo crates. It already a bit knocked up. We think that whatever smugglers were running ship, they'd found it, tried to reprogram it from its original uh, kind of imperial security routes, to be an enforcer on, on board the vessel, but just botched it. I've had them in um, power off mode ever since we got them back, because this is no fine state for them to be. Do you want me to uh, shut them down again so we can get in there and have a look around? I mean, I've got some spare bits of bats as well that are, are 
bought in just in case but you know like spare transistors a few memory blocks um we have like a whole crate of assorted right arms Cavett has brought some pieces as well Cab did not bring an entire arm we got loads oh in, in the crate where we're we... an arms dealer yeah, in the crate where we found <laughs> I have no idea what to do with this conversation. I, I find joining in at random intervals is a very human thing to do, or very humanoid thing to do. And Rebo's off in the corner looking at the blaster pistols, sort of eyeing them. Rebo? Does Rebo need a blaster? All I've got is a hold-up blaster, but yes, I would like one. They're so nice. If Rebo would like, Cav would buy Rebo a blaster. Cav has coupons. <laughs> Cav, have you checked the expiration dates this time? Tychus gave Cav the coupons. I did, I did. They're still good. They're still good. Very well. We like coupons. I like coupons. Cav likes coupons too. And I guess Roy can show them back. With coupons, you can make a killing of a saving. The first Cav has a droid to help. I, I'll put them back into standby mode for the moment. And uh, Tychus flips a switch and K2T2 kind of goes... Just as he flips the switch, uh, Roy kind of leans over and goes, I'll see you soon. To, to the droid, to K2. Because that's not creepy. <laughs> yeah, it's meant, that was meant to come across as cute rather than, I'll be waiting it's for you. It's just... <laughs> standing at the end of your bed at night. It's useful enthusiasm. I don't know how old Roy is effectively. The, the irony is, is that Roy does indeed sleep at the end of Tykes' bed. Just kind of standing there, staring in sentry mode, watching. It's very comforting. Tigers can't sleep alone anymore. He's just unnerving. He's too quiet. <laughs> with, with the, is, is that the, the nightlight? Yeah. Roy's, eyes. Roy's tongue. Cav <laughs> <laughs> uh, has to go, go over and. Um, Cav, at first you're a little confused, Tychus, because you see see Cav goes over to where you've got kind of a pile of some some parts or something. And Cav picks up this kind of very insect-looking droid. That's when you realize that the very, like, fancy-looking, like, metal bracer is missing off of Cav's arm. And that, in fact, is this little contraption with these six legs that was then apparently trying to dangle from a bunch of cable connected to a scomp link (laughs) on its own body. Ah! It looks like you got something on you there. It's the wee centipede beastie! No, 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 no. I got it, I got it, I got it. No, no! This is. Get the shoe, Roy! Get a shoe! Please do not strike the droid. Billy will put one hand on Roy's shoulder very firmly. Please do not strike the droid. This is K3. This is one of Cav's children. K3 is harmless. K3 is just enthusiastic. Okay, sorry, K3. I just. Things with. Too many legs. I know. And, and Tigus kind of looks at his own extra legs and goes, I know, I know. I'm well aware of the irony. I don't like the way they skitter. It's not really the number. It's the kind of legs. It's scary things. Freak me out. Sorry, K3. K3 beeps a little bit, and Cav will go ahead and pick K3 up. Kind of have to, uh, to rewind the cable for the scomp link. And then we'll walk over towards K2 with K3 in hand. 
So many cares. <laughs> it's a shame we've got to do this on the shop floor. I'd normally have you way back in my proper workshop, but the folks are away and I can't close the shop and I can't leave it unstaffed. And Roy's not allowed behind the till after that one time that, well, needless to say, there was a, a mild malfunction in his uh, additive circuits and he kept just dropping like two zeros off the bottom of everything. I don't do customer service. No, he doesn't do customer service. Or, or accountancy or, or budgeting anymore. I, I can do cash handling. I can do cash handling rather well. You're looking for a job? Yeah, do you want a job? I got a position for you. I was, I was offering to man the counter while you work in the shop. If you should so desire. That's very kind of you, but if the folks come back and see a strange droid behind the counter... Stranger. Aye, we've, we've had uh, problems before with people trying to roll us, and they tend to shoot first and ask questions later if they see someone else behind the till. And I won't want any unpleasantness to happen. No, it's alright, we'll do it out here, it's fine. Very well. Thank you, though. Right, what do we need, Gav? And Tychus kind of cracks both sets of knuckles and starts rummaging through his pouches and underneath the counter, pulling out tools and cables and things. Before before Cav begins to make sense of this programming, Cav needs to, well, install a few components, replace a few others. Cav needs to, to make sure Cav is somewhere for all of those personalities to go. I, I can see that. Can Cav see what Tyke, what parts Tychus has collected? Aye, of course. And he pulls out a crate from underneath the counter and kind of tips some of it on the counter. It's all manner of looted junk, mostly. Whole varieties of, of bits and bats taken from defunct droids, ranging from like little mouse droid chassis all the way up to what looks like a logic processor from a lifter droid. It's just a box full of salvaged scrap. Cav is no stranger to looking through salvage, and Cav will take a few minutes as going through this and uh, sort of tossing back into the crate any parts Cav doesn't deem particularly useful and setting aside the ones that Cav thinks Cav can use. Some things like the processor of a load lifter, Cav will definitely drop in the box because Cav can do better than that. Those aren't very good processors. And sort of like set out the various various pieces, and as well as Cav starts to pull a few tools from Cav's belt. A lot more of the kind of fine tools for dealing with circuitry and electronics work. And that's when our, our role from the top of the show, I don't know if we're inserting that here or, or we're going to leave it be, uh, will come into play as Cav will set about with Tychus's assistance, removing the sort of like parts of the chassis of K2, and first focus on installing those memory modules and extra processors and setting right sort of the the electronics leading into the droid brain. And then as part of that, as Cav's going through, any pieces we're taking off in order to get access to those components, Cav is going ahead and finding bits of, of metal and things of that nature and will shape them and try to replace plating and go ahead and detach that protocol droid arm, dig through that and try to find the closest equivalent Cav can find to at least get the right length of arm for this poor droid. Yeah, there's probably something in there that will fit. While you're doing that, Tychus is mostly watching closely and is helping passing you bits and bats and grabbing you out, again, odd tools. And You do notice that some of the tools that he uses when he's helping you out don't look like they should work. They, they just don't look like they should have a function, and yet 
and yet they do. Okay, that that worked, Cab didn't think that would, but... Hey, well, this is building things. We can build things. Building things we're alright at, me and thee. Now comes a complicated part. Now, I'm not so... Uh, this is this is the bit that I'm really not good at, so... Um, if I wire in and help run damage control, while you do the main jiggery-pokery... Are your guys doing okay? Can I help? Can I help? Do you want me to mop your forehead? Cab, cab is good. Cab does not need a forehead mop. Roy? Roy? Perhaps we should go get snacks. Anything I can get you? No cookies? Cab would like more cookies. Okay, we're gonna go get snacks. Good luck, Doc. It's gonna be okay. Cav is very good. Cav will, when we when we finish the mechanics work, Cav puts back the tools Cav had been using and pulls out a couple of different sets, as well as that's when Cav has to retrieve K3 again from where K3 had wandered off, and will plug K3's comp link into the back destroyed's neck, which is where I believe that port is. Yep. It is. And sort of open the top lid of K3, exposing sort of the slicer gear, the actual like keyboard and readout screens. Tychus kind of, while it pulls out various bits of a... His slicer rig is a lot rougher and a lot ruggedized, you know, to take harsher environments, and it clips together. And his lower arms are clipping it all together, while his right arm wires one end into a data slate and the other end into a, a cable splitter that then plugs also into the scomplic at the back. Cav, before beginning, Cav just sort of like hold up one of Cav's three fingers on on Cav's hand as like to wait a moment. And you actually see Cav bow Cav's head. Cav is like clicking and buzzing. It's for like almost like muttering to Cav's self for a little bit. And K1's not translating. K1's is sort of like hovering patiently nearby. Actually, there's probably a moment where if you didn't know better, K1 was also like bowing her head. And then Cav will lift Cav's head up, go ahead and pull out a couple of, uh, like, earbud equivalents, like some kind of headphone equivalent, turn on out of this, like, for Star Wars, little music player, go in and turn on music loud enough that Tychus can sort of hear it over top, uh, like, coming out of the, the headphones, and Cav will put those in as Cav begins to program and work on the computer side. I imagine that takes a while between all this, like, probably hours are passing, right? Mm-hmm. We've definitely got the cookies by now. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm figuring. If I remember right, it actually takes a long while to do this amount of slicing, this amount. I'm figuring that this would be, yeah, a couple hours at least. Like an hour of actual fixing things, and then a couple hours of doing the programming. Whenever Tychus has to speak to Cav, it is sort of that. You say something, Cav pulls out an earbud. What? What? Oh, and we'll put it back in as Cav gets back to work. And Cav's actually pretty focused throughout this this entire process. After the first time or the second time that that happens, Tychus realizes the level of focus that you've got and just leaves you to it at that point. Only tending to interrupt when he's got a, a technical question about, oh, do you need me to just like pass this memory bank over here? What about this bit here? You know, do you need me to just put in a, an override for this section here for the next few minutes? Other than that, he just leaves you to to the focus. And I think after a couple hours of this is when Cav will put the music player away and looks over at Tychus. This scan doesn't think. This scan can save all three personalities. This scan could. The scan could give this droid a blank slate, or the scan could 
save one of the personalities. Tychus kind of bites his lip for a minute, and his his upper right hand kind of almost idly comes up to scratch the back of his head. It doesn't seem to realize it's doing that. The scant apologizes. The scant is hoping the scant would be able to do more. Carve, you got nothing to apologize for. You didn't do the the crack job on it in the first place. I've seen how intensely you're working. It's better than I could even have hoped to have done, so apologize for nothing. It's a good question though, isn't it? I mean, I know what my, my inclination is, but I don't know whether or not it might be worth waiting until Roy and Billy get back. I mean, we only know what it's like to be a droid from the outside, whereas they're probably the best ones to ask what to do, if you know what I mean, rather than us making a decision. I mean, they'll be back in a minute. I've, I've no idea where they've gone to. I can beat Roy and get them back if you want. Yes. Yes, Tychus had mentioned that Roy was attached to 2K2. Perhaps it should be Roy's decision. I, I am um, Paige Roy. Send him a little come back home message to him. Ro, I'm my row. So yeah, that, this is my room. Yeah. It's very nice. Thank you for showing me. You're welcome. Are we returning to the shop? Oh yeah, yeah. Boot. I got, I got, I got boot. When I get boot, I gotta go. I shall follow you if you do not mind. No, no, no. Come on, come on. He puts a small rabbit-like creature away before quickly walking on down to the, the storefront. So, uh, how, how's it going? Uh, so, well, Carve, do you want to... I mean, do you want to explain the situation to Roy? This Gand and Tychus have been attempting for several hours to... to save both personalities of K2T2 and give K2T2 the ability to learn anew, to develop from this moment on. However, the Scand was unable to... The Scand is unable to combine those personalities. The programming is too different. I mean, well, Cap could, but if, if, if the Scand does that, then this droid will still have the same problems of that K2 has been having. So the scan can scan could save one of them, or the scan could let this droid begin anew. The scan and Tychus felt it might be a better decision left up to other droids. What do Roy and Billy think? I believe that all beings can be granted a second chance. A new opportunity. Yeah, I mean, uh... Oh, oh, gee. Is it possible if they start again that they, uh... That they might find something they're happy doing? Is it a while? Yes. As... As the Cath Clan taught the Scand, this would be like a new life being born, the Mist would grant K2 a, a new start. K2 would not be the same, but going forward, K2 could, could learn and grow and adapt. Not unlike Billy here, it hasn't been long since Billy's memory was reset. I don't think I've ever been reset. Not that I remember. I was gonna say, I don't remember ever being reset. They share a droid shrug. <laughs> it is a... It is a new life at that point. 
<laughs> Roy looks at Barra. That's a lot of responsibility. I don't know if I'm ready to look out for a new life. That's a... Oh, wow. Canvas found parenting to be very rewarding, if exhausting. I, I guess we, uh... Oh. Yeah. I, I, I think we got we gotta give him a chance to be something. Right? There gotta be a chance to, to be a friend. And you will be there as a friend. Wow. If Tychus and Roy are willing, there is a different method of programming that the Cav Clan usually does at this juncture. Rather than start a droid with base programming, the Cav Clan instills bits of personality. Not not chosen, but open up opens up pathways, encourages those traits to emerge and however it, it emerges for this droid. Cab did not make K3 to be quite so impulsive. And yet K3 is. It instills the droid with more life from Cav's point of view. That's certainly the option that sits best with me, I'll be honest. The Scand is willing to do that for K2. Well, I, I, I really like it. If, if we could have another sibling, I, I reckon we could do good. Then let's go for it. I That sounds good. That sounds good to me, Cav. Thank you. Very good. Uh, Cav would like Tychus's further assistance. Uh, Cav would like, well, to help steer K2 into being a bar. Now that I think I can manage. <laughs> I learned from you. I saw the parents. I gotta go make a birthday cake. <laughs> so I think it's about an hour of programming later when all the tools are put away and Tychus is powering back up K2. And the little birthday candles are lit. <laughs> it's not a particularly good looking cake. It doesn't look edible, but there's clearly a cake shape. Well, to be fair, it's for a droid, so it doesn't actually have to be edible. I know. To be honest, I don't think there is anywhere for a mouth. And there's Rebo just being disappointed. Rebo's like, cake! Oh, droid cake. Cav will have a slice anyway. Billy will have actually made a purchase for the new droid. Because that's what she does. Oh, wow. She bought a deck of Sabat cards, because that's what she knows. <laughs> and as, as she hands it to the new droid, or sets it in front of the new droid, she flips... Like, it's shuffled, she flips the top card, and we'll go with the star, because that's my per personal favorite right now. So, it's a deck of Sabat cards with the star for the future, for the guidance. I can't think of a better way to start your real life, huh? Yep, yep. Thanks, Billy. We'll take care of them. Thank you. And then Tiger's kind of sighs deeply, is clearly lost in thought for a few minutes. Billy will raise her hand quietly. Yes, Billy? I. Do we not have another purpose for being here, Cav? Oh, the the crew does, but it's. Well, eh, the Scand apologizes. The Scand is not normally this much of a bummer. Right. Well, there's only one way. Right. Okay then. Let's lighten up some of the mood. Uh, Roy. Uh, fresh juice boxes, please. Cav, juice box. Yes, please. Freebo, juice box. Oh, oh yes, yes, please. Uh, ooh, have we still got any of those mini pizzas in? Yup, yup, yup. I think we could do with some of those. Yeah. And, uh, let's go on. I will carry the tray. Cracking. Now, weaponry then. What sort of thing are you interested in, Carve? Now, this is my very own Clementine. 
and Tychus reaches under the counter and pulls out. It looks like a Vez pulse rifle, but it's been very, very heavily modified. The grip on it, both the, the pistol grip and the forward grip, have been modified not just to be ambidextrous, but to be polydextrous. So it doesn't matter which two of Tychus's arms are holding the gun at any point in time. It doesn't interfere with being able to brace and shoot or the accuracy of it. Now this one's modified for Basilisk arms, obviously, but this is this was the first one I ever built. Isn't she a beauty? Yes. Yeah, feel the weight of her. Oh. How heavy is it? Yeah, how heavy is this weapon? It's pretty heavy. Kev almost collapses under the weight of it. Kev is not a particularly strong gan, but it sort of like straightens up. It's a little kind of cartoonish, like Kev's trying to like balance out. And uh, Kev not only has two fewer arms, but Kev also has quite a few less fingers than <laughs> than Tychus. So it's kind of an awkward sort of like trying to get a handle on the grip, especially as Kev is like as stretched as far as Kev can get in order to like reach that forearm grip. Oh, sorry. Uh, it's it's uh, She's an acquired build. Maybe not one like this then. Yes, what, what is... Uh, that is Clementine, yes? Aye, Clementine, that's her name. Saved my life more times than I can count. Nearly as many times as Roy. Well, so, something Cav was curious about. How did Tychus settle on that name? Cav is not particularly good at naming things. Oh, well. So, when I was a, a bit younger... I started hanging around with a, a friend of mine, an, an Ugnaught by name of Carween. And as I was starting to learn the trade here, Carween went off to learn the bounty hunting trade. He's a gilded bounty hunter. Oh. When he came back a few years later, I was probably about 15, I think, at the time. 15, 16. He was teaching me how to fight and teaching me how to shoot. I mean, my folks have, have always been very keen that I know how to protect myself but they very much see Roy as that, that's Roy's job you know he, he he shoots so I don't really need to and they were teaching me very tame methods of firing you know it's, it's all very defensive and that's that's not my style I'm a bit more bombastic than the cower behind a wall and, and snap off shots so he was teaching me how to how to shoot and other things and um he got me asking why, given that I made weapons for a living, I didn't have one of my own. Because I just borrowed stuff from the shop. So I sat down with my folks and I talked to them and they agreed that I could build myself something more suitable to my personality. It wasn't easy. And he was there arguing my case, as, as friends do, you know. So... I sat down and uh, I was working on Clem for, for a fair old while. And indeed it was Calwin who first said that when I was finished and when I was satisfied, we had to name it because it's important. In all the hollow vids we grew up listening to and watching, in all the books, the hero, their weapon was always named. Yes, yes. So, you know, since this was going to, since, you know, he used to say I was his hero, you know, he, he, it felt important that my weapon had a name. So I finished building and we went down the, the firing range and I squeezed off a few shots and they weren't great. So I did some recalibration, carried on, wasn't great, did some recalibration. Built up a, a phase dispersal unit on the end so that she can scatter shot. And just something just clicked. You know, when you get that kind of moment, that perfect shining moment. And I was one with her and she was one with me and 
we were one with the target and I squeezed off a perfect bullseye and Kawin looked at me and he said Kalama Hementi which is Ugnot and I was like what the hell does that mean and he said it means that was a damn fine shot and I was like I, I like that but it's a bit of a mouthful so I kind of shortened down Kalama Hementine to Clementine so that's that's how Clem got her name um K1 sort of like lifting up a little manipulator arm um Mr. Barr I did Colleen ever tell you what that phrase actually means yeah he says it means it's a damn good shot I mean I don't speak Ugnot I can't get my mouth around all the all the kind of there's a lot of, of kind of heavy glottals at the back and I just not you know it's, it's not really so I could never pick it up and then you know he went off on business so no just just a damn fine shot and you know I like to think I am I'm not quite royal levels of, of start sharp shooting but I can hold my own and Tag's kind of puffs his chest up a little bit uh K1 sort of looks around. Uh, are Rebo, Billy, and Roy still like hanging around, or are they distracted with other things? I think Roy's busy showing showing off to Billy at the moment. Billy is very impressed. He's, he's going to have to do a cool roll in a minute. <laughs> oh gosh! Rebo, hearing his story, would have been like listening in. Because that's what Rebo does. Yeah. K1 kind of look looks awkwardly, but from like Cav to to Rebo. And then K1 will actually, and this is very unusual, even from Cav's perspective, will kind of come in close towards Tychus, and she'll sort of just whisper to him, It means, the one I love brings me great pride this day. And then she'll fly back. Tychus kind of freezes, and a whole slew of quite complicated emotions play across his face. He's normally... He's normally quite easy to read. He's not good at dissembling, which is why he loses so much money when he plays cards. Billy will remember that. (laughs) (laughs) And he's kind of, his chest kind of deflates a little and his his wattle kind of deflates a little and he blinks. Is Tychus okay? Cav will ask, not having heard whatever was said. Yeah, I'm I'm fine, thanks, Cav. I just, he scratches his bright red crest. Oh, K1, you, you're sure? Not that I'm, like, doubting you, but you're sure? I have been working on my translation protocols of late. I am quite sure. Oh. So, so Cav says, what's the, the actual, actual translation? translation? Um, well... Is it something <laughs> dirty, Cav <laughs> <laughs> Roy should just appear at that point, knowing, like, uh, this is something I should be in on. <laughs> But he doesn't, so you're safe. No, no, it's just... Personal. I... No, it's just... You know when... When you kind of have friends, and sometimes those friends kind of mean more to you than just being friends, but not in the same way that they're like family. Yes. Yeah. And you don't always realise that maybe... Maybe they kind of think the same as you. Have, perhaps we should get back on topic. At this point, even Vrebo's sort of facepalming. Is Tychus referring to mating, Cav asks. Yeah, kinda. Kinda. Betorvar, um, 
a piece of advice I should have offered ahead of time. Sometimes it's best to move forward in a conversation, even when Cav lingers. Point taken. Needless to say, next time Carween's back from work, we're gonna have a conversation. Maybe some pizza. Right, anyway, and Tigus kind of shakes his head. His crest pops back up, his wattle reinflates. Right, let's build you a gun. Quickly. Before I lose focus again. Right. Very well, very well. Cab did take two important things from Tychus' story. Cab needs to, needs to build a weapon that is suitable to Cab's personality. And the name is important. And Cav pulls out kind of a bunch of like flimsy drawings and stuff that are done in crown. It's <laughs> they're all brightly colored, and uh, if Tychus like, and Cav's not hiding it. Tychus can see there's sort of like a mix of pistols and rifles. One particularly large looking, you think it might be a flamethrower? Um, like it's just sort of like like Cav couldn't decide what Cav should should build, and Cav is sort of like looking at these things. And we can attach it to the refrigerator when we return. I believe I have magnets. They look a lot like a little bar- forest birdie artwork. We got a lot on fridges. Cab drew this yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll throw some in as well if you want. The promotional ones. Hey, he pulls one out and it's got bars bespoke blasters. Hey, extra sticky for those thick documents. Big old grin. Right, so um, what I'm seeing here is we want something big, we want something bombastic, we want something unsubtle, yet at the same time... <laughs> Billy's in the background counting on her fingers as he's doing this and nodding. That's that that's not an insult. I'm no subtle myself. <laughs> that does describe Cav Cav quite well. <laughs> right, so he starts pulling out bits from uh, another crate. There's like a huge Tabana gas refractor and strange kind of pump action mechanics and venting systems. Right, okie cokie. I'm thinking we want a big one, don't we? You're not after a wee pistol, are you? You're after something that'll make people sit up and take notice, I can see. But we need it a little bit lighter, because I can tell from Clementine we, that she's too heavy for you. So, how about we... Look at that, okay, heavy rifle. Carbine stock, folding stock made of lightweight cotton. I got a carbine. I got a carbine. Look at this, look at this, look at this. And he doesn't point it at Billy, but he's clearly a little enthusiastic about where he is pointing it as his arm comes out into a DLS-12 heavy blaster carbine. It's really big and showy, and he's like, Ugh. In a quick movement, Billy will extend her arm, pushing Vrebo to one side and take a step back, just so that it's now between them. Ugh. That is clever. I can't say I would have expected it. Uh-huh much myself. I never saw the coming. <laughs> he kind of flexes his arms like a, a muscle man would do to show off these the modifications he's got and then gives it a bit of a shake it goes back into being normal this clunky arm and he hangs there with one hit kind of bouncing in a cool way. Perhaps something about that size. N- not, not the entire arm, but... I am sure we can manage something like that. And Tychus kind of leans over and, and starts building something with your help, pointing out bits and bats. And what you want again, you notice, is first of all, some of Tychus's tools, again, don't seem to have a purpose and yet still work to solder circuit boards. The other thing, I suspect probably 
Billy and Freebo might notice more than Carve, because I get the feeling Carve's kind of focused on, on the work, is that sometimes Tychus will reach his arm back to grab something that's just a little bit out of reach, and it will leap off the shelf into his hand without him noticing. You know, his fingers kind of reach out, clock, or grab it, kind of start attaching it. But he doesn't appear to, to notice that, yeah, things are just kind of flying off shelves uh, and being built into the weapon. <laughs> yeah, she just lean forward. Mom says he's special. I believe all mothers think this of their children. <laughs> you clearly do as well. No, that's what I've been, that's what I've heard. I don't really know if it's true or not, but everyone else says it, so... I'm, I'm, I'm pretty bio, you know. I, I, I do a pretty good bio impression. I am I'm compelled to believe this is so. Yeah. Billy has no idea what to do with this droid. <laughs> I like bi- bionics. It's about halfway through the building of this thing, where Cav finally, like, a light bulb goes off. Tychus? This is an awful lot of cooling system for a blaster of this size. Aye. Well, as I say, bombastic, mixing entrance, show-stopping, I'm building a plasma caster into it. You're cool with that, right? Billy and K1 exchange a look. I mean, you'll have to pump the vents after every kind of supercharged shot, but it's going to make people take notice. Tychus has a huge old grin, slightly feverish look in his eyes. Cav's mandibles open up in another smile. Cav says, cool. And then they both <laughs> lean back over the table and start. <laughs> and uh, uh. continue, yeah, working on this thing until they have a, for a rifle, for a blaster rifle, kind of on the smaller size. I still see it probably bigger than like a D817 or something. It's not quite in a pistol shape. With that forearm grip attached to it, kind of a small stock that's still more than enough for, for Cav. At this point, I think the weapon's still mostly like, pr- probably like black in color. But Cav has promised that Cav is going to paint it as soon as Cav is home to uh, do this weapon justice. Aye, what you're going to need if you're going to be doing that is you want some corium-based paint because the heat resistant. I mean, if you go for a, if you go, don't use oil paint. The whole thing will go up the first time you fire it. So I right, right. Corium-based paint. I, I can put you in touch with a supplier while you're in town if you want. He kind of fumbles out, pulls out a business card. Hey, you tell him I sent you the do you discount. Cav, <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. Does Boris Bespoke Blasters have a... some degree of targeting range? Oh, aye, aye, aye. We've got one built under the shop. I mean, it's getting close to locking up time now, actually, so, um... Yeah, we'll close up. We'll take you out back to the firing range. Certified for the first 100,000 shots or your money back. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. So after we, like, close up and we head out back there... Probably Billy sort of, I imagine, trying to encourage people to have an extra step step away from Cav. <laughs> yeah, no, no, Billy will actually... Cav will get set up, and K1 will kind of hover back, and Billy does the full arm kind of guide with her long arm. She just kind of pushes forward and then back, just very gently, very politely. And then she very quietly says, just in case. <laughs> Cav holds this kind of like uh, tiny rifle in Cav's hands and flicks off the safety, having become more familiar with safeties over the course of trouble brewing. <laughs> For various reasons. But as with that same action, kind of the cooling system starts up. And so we hear kind of a, a little bit of an extra thrum to it. This is not a quiet weapon. And Cav lifts it to Cav's shoulder and is, is aiming down at a target. The firing range itself is built from the outside hull plates of a crashed starship. You know the stuff that's designed to deflect turbo lasers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
just because, you know, we are in a residential area. It's considered good manners. <laughs> that is very considerate. We don't do shooting after dark. Scare us the neighbors. Yeah, we had complaints. Briefly. No. And Cav pulls the trigger, <laughs> and the, the entire weapon kind of lets out this almost sort of a roar. And a blaster bolt that seems especially, like, jagged compared to what you might normally see, still um, kind of more of an orangish red in color, flies out across the way, impacts the target, uh, the, like, turbo laser resistant, but kind of does, like, catch sort of the outside of it a bit on fire. And the, like, front end of the barrel of this thing is currently kind of red, and that's when Cav will sort of, like, cock the, the lever and a just blast of sort of like mist-like heat shoots out of kind of the large cooling vents along the barrel. In, in the silence that follows, you hear Billy sigh heavily. <laughs> Cav turns to Billy, says, It's not technically a flamethrower. Of this I am aware, Betor Cav. You have done well in your observation of the letter of the law. Welcome to Keenabale. Oh, I, I know about that. All, all, all bending rules is really important. Barator be all about that with his mom. <laughs> it's the difference between, have you stolen a cookie? No. Did you get someone else to steal your cookie? Leave it around so that you could come across it completely innocently? Yes. <laughs> you still haven't stolen the cookie. Cab is familiar with this concept. Now, Cab does not have a story or, or a love quite like Tyka's to name this weapon after. But Cab does have a thought. It might be a silly thought, but what if this weapon is called the Crate's Breath? Oh, I like that. I, I like that. That seems to fit. Yeah. I can see that. Tiger's kind of steps back, sees you holding the, the gun and kind of nods. Aye, that that's a that's a name that fits, I reckon. Anyway, I call it Morning Breath. <laughs> <laughs> right. What? I feel as though you're not doing your best to support your not flame-related weaponry status. Well, they've not called it the sky's not on fire. <laughs> One note, Betortychus. Should you wish to contact us further, the ship is indeed called the Sky on Fire. <laughs> yes, the sky is on fire. That's what Cav said. Aye, and the sky is not on fire because that's not a flamethrower. I really hope we don't come across this for sale later. One careful, rather burnt owner. <laughs> Sorry, man. Primo's <laughs> oh. like, I'm gonna stand way away from Cav now. <laughs> no, it's more along the lines of like just Rebo in the background. <laughs> All right. So I know we're working on wrapping up, but but is Roy actually gonna get one good hit <laughs> or pickup line on on Billy yeah. before we roll? I respect you too much for that. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I, I've, been showing, I've been showing you all my moves. I've been, I've been flexing and things. Oh, wait a, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. I've, I've kind of been doing it like an organic, haven't I? Um, um, uh, hey, honey, are, are your uh, 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 magnetic coils working properly? Because I am very attracted to you. If you lick the battery, because I'm tingling. Wait, 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 I got bored, I got bored. <laughs> Dang, that's Brent level. 
Oh, oh yeah, I, I wish we had Amp around for this. That would have been... <laughs> the two of them could be wingmen oh. together. <laughs> um, okay. I don't know how that works. That would be scary. Um, so, so this is happening, and Billy's just stands there. And she, she can't smile, but um, she will straighten her, her coat. Hey, baby, you fancy a download? Betor Roy? Pop out your blaster, we're going to be like, like the gun show? <laughs> ka-choo, ka-choo. <laughs> oh gosh, it actually works. <sighs> Betor Roy, I thank you for my, my experiences today. My time spent with you has been most educational and quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, sure. Kind of embarrassedly puts everything away again, just like, yeah, yeah, experience, yeah, yeah. So, Billy's gonna do a quick arm flick, and you notice she's got a little pack on one of, well, she technically has two things on her arm. She has an adding machine kind of calculator thing and a, a Sabak pack container. So, she'll pull out her cards and she'll do a quick fancy shuffle, a couple of small card tricks, and then flip. We're gonna go with the Ace of Coins and just hand it to you. Oh, wow. I gotta go. And then she'll say, draw well. Uh-huh. Bentor Cav, I believe we should be departing soon. Uh, yes, yes, Cav still has much work to do on the crate's breath. Cav thanks Tychus for allowing Cav and company to visit Bar's Bespoke Blasters and to interact Tychus' assistance in building this weapon. My pleasure, Cav. Thank you for helping with K2T2. Now at least they've got a chance for a proper life. Something I couldn't give him by myself. It's gonna be great to meet him again. For the first time again. In Indeed. And uh, if Tychus ever requires uh, Cav's assistance again, uh, Tychus knows how to reach Cav. Likewise. Let us know how the crate's breath handles you. We'll do. Oh, well, one more thing. Rebo, did Rebo pick out a blaster pistol that Rebo likes? Uh, uh, yes, I, I really like this one. It's a snub-nosed uh, blaster pistol. It's a full-size blaster pistol as opposed to his holdout. It looks relatively concealable. Ah, uh, we call that one the secret gift. Secret bantha. <laughs> yeah, secret bantha. It's one of our uh, our more um, concealable and noble ranges. A lot of like the higher-end kind of high-end table folk like it, because they consider wearing something big to the table or, or to functions a wee bit crass, but that packs a lot of stopping power for its size. Comes with a with an underarm holster as well. Ooh, wonderful. Ah, I'll ring it up for you. Cab pulls out the 25% off coupon and pulls out Cab's credit purse. Cab will buy this gift for me. I like that there's still a traditional cash register in space. I don't get on with the electric ones. I keep installing them and then they leave. And here's your confidential <laughs> blaster kit. Let us know if you have any problems with it. Uh, thank you. Roy, Roy has run off to his room uh, to try and find... He's just scrambling around trying to find a gift to give back to Billy, since uh, she's given two now. One to his friend who's not woken up yet, his hopeful friend, and, and one to Roy. But he can't really find... <laughs> anything he was like oh i don't know what to do so finally he comes down and there's a small rabbit creature in a little jacket in his hands i i, I don't really uh, have any 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 gifts nothing that's be com- 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 compatible with you but um Ruby is a really good friend and he could be a good friend to you too and and then you'd have 
you can you can call and, and tell us what, what you you get up to with your friends and and we'd all be friends I'm sorry you kind of cut out but are you giving me the bunny I, I'm giving you the bunny so that we've got a friend oh in common to talk about second season Leslie has a pet <laughs> <laughs> at least this one doesn't expand um Billy will hold her hands out you know kind of cupped He's organic. Organics have a strange way of doing things, and, and I know, I, I just like having him around. If you are willing to share this friend, I will happily partake. Thank you. Oh, it's okay. We had a bag of them. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, Billy kind of does that. There's a little as your eyes kind of blink, and she's like, I don't know what to do with that, so I'm just going to pretend it wasn't sad. Oh, but, but this one was mine, and special. Uh, and now he's yours, and still special. Um, and it's, is it 3B? B3? 3B. Kind of like freebie, because we didn't pay anything for it. <laughs> we're just there. So, she she kind of holds him close close to her chest, and, and nods, because her hands are now occupied holding a bunny. Thank you. It is good to have those for which we may care. Betor Roy. Whoa. You guys are cool, too. So, how tall is Roy? Uh, Roy is, oh, standard battle droid. Uh, so he's about, is it, is it five foot, or are they still four foot something? I think they're about five foot or so. Well, one way, one way or the other, awkwardly kind of avoiding tipping the, the bunny rabbit. He considering the shoulder. Billy will lean over and just touch forehead to forehead. Oh. And th- thank you. This means more than you perhaps can understand. Be well, Betor Roy. Be well, Betor Tychus. I'm glad to have met you both. Be well, Billy. And, and Doc, you, you did good. Is, is, is Cab Doc? Oh, oh, yeah. You see, we got a friend who looks after our friends, and he makes the friends better. We call him Doc, and you're like him, because you're trying to make my friend better, so you're a Doc. Dr. Cab. <laughs> Cab likes that. We're so doomed. <laughs> <laughs> Cab is going to go work on Cab's new blaster and pilot at the same time. And Cab takes off. Don't, don't worry, <laughs> Billy. I rerouted the controls to the second station. <sighs> Freebo, thank you. And cut. Thank you for listening to this crossover episode of Heroes of the Hydean Way and the Force Majeure podcast. You can find show updates on Twitter for Heroes of the Hydean Way at The Hydean Way. And you can find me, Ben, on Twitter at Deuterium Ice. You can find me, Christine, and Cav on Twitter at Twelfth Night. That's 1-2-T-H and Night with a K. And you can find show updates and notes from Force Majeure on Twitter at Force Majeure Pod or online at www.forcemajeurepod.com. And you can find me in my ramblings on Twitter at Madame Beltane, M-A-D-D-A-M-B-E-L-T-A-I-N-E. And you can find me on the Force Majeure podcast page because I don't really do Twitter that much. I mean, I'm, I'm there, but, but I'm not listening to anybody. I'm just sort of sitting in the corner laughing at the rest of the world going, ha oh, really? Well, that's lovely. And you can find me on uh, on Twitter at LesLitGS and hanging out with my new bunny, 3B, which is like the best thing ever. No puffer pig, but let's be honest. You're so welcome. Uh, it's one of those things where I don't, Roy does not know how to look after it. And all I can see is a terrible future for this rabbit. So it's, 
probably better that someone else has it. <laughs> well, now the rabbit's going to be in space, so I don't know how much it'll be better, but, you know, I'll try my best. But he'll be fine. I know it's cold in space, but he's already got a little jacket. Yeah, that might change. That might get, that that part might improve. Oh, uh, now you're going to have to get the bunny a little flower. You can find more Heroes of the Hydean Way in previous episodes, as well as our sister podcast, Tales from the Hydean Way, at thehydeanway.com. Our podcasts are on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, where you can find more episodes and help us out by rating and reviewing the show. We're also on Facebook as Heroes of the Hydean Way, and you can holocom us at heroes at com. If you like what we do and want to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash the Hydean Way, or you can donate a calf to us at ko-fi slash the Hydean Way. Force Majeure is played using the Star Wars Force and Destiny game system by Fantasy Flight Games and Lucas Books. Our intro music for this season is Unholy Night by Kevin MacLeod, and our outro music remains Suburban Outlaw by Forget the Whale, both used with gratitude under the Creative Commons license. If you like the show and want to interact with us, we are on Twitter, we are on Facebook, we are on Instagram, all of which are at Force Majeure Pod though Twitter is probably where you're going to find us more regularly. If you enjoy what we do and want to support the show, there's three ways you can do that. The first is via our Patreon at patreon.com slash forcemajeurepod. The second is by buying us a coffee at ko-fi.com slash forcemajeurepod. And the third way is by rating and reviewing us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere where you can find us. We really like reviews. It tells us that we're telling the stories that you want to hear and helps other people find us. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time.